We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 254 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart. Here, how are you boys doing today? Man, I'm doing great. I'm excited to break down Seattle. I'm past the other game. Malcolm, what's up with you, bro? How are you doing, Malcolm? I know Florida is like, you know, want to make sure you're good. I know there's some hurricane down there and stuff like that. You good? Woo! Yes, I am, man. I'm riding the wave right now. No, I'm, you, know, I can't, you can't even joke about stuff like this because it is serious. Uh, where I'm at, thank God, is, you know, we're down south, so the hurricane is nowhere near where I'm at. Um, but, you know, anybody that's in, like, that that Tampa area, Sarasota area, damn, man, it's bad. Like, I've just been seeing videos and seeing all the stuff that's going on over there. It's not good, man. Just, no. I mean, if you have family or friends over there, definitely want to give them a reach out to them, pray for them because it's it's, it's tough over there right now, man. Yeah, Yo, I thought you were with them. Yeah, it's a tough time. You know, this is usually hurricane season, and you know the, those parts of the areas, of the world get hit pretty hard. I know I've never obviously dealt with one because where I live, we don't get hurricanes or anything like that. But you know, I can't even imagine being in a hurricane. So, like you guys said, prayers up to those people that are in those situations. So I know we have Lions fans in that area. So you know, there could be some listening right now. So. Uh, prayers up to those people for sure. All right. Um, let's get into this game. We got Lions Seahawks. Let's get into the injury report first. And I just want to give a quick update before we get into the injury report. So for the people that tune in on Twitter spaces and the playback, we will not be live this Sunday because all three of us will be in attendance at the game on Sunday. So if you guys are waiting for those, they will not happen this week, but we will be getting going next week when they play New England, so just stay tuned for that. All right, injury report here. What's that line injury report looking like? <laughs> um, all right, ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Linebacker Chris Board, knee did not practice. Defensive lineman John Kaminsky still dealing with that wrist injury. He didn't practice. TJ Hawkinson dealing with a foot injury. didn't practice. Jonah Jackson still has that finger injury. didn't practice. Bobby Price, shin, 
didn't practice. Uh, Frank Ragnar Foot didn't practice, but Campbell said they're being a little safe with Ragnar. He's probably going to play. Uh, Josh Reynolds with dealing with an ankle didn't practice. Austin Cyber dealing with a right groin injury didn't practice. Amon Ross St. Brown dealing with an ankle didn't practice. DeAndre Swift ankle shoulder didn't practice. And DJ Chark with an ankle was limited. Is, oh, hey, it's done. It's done. Yes, Finally, we're done. We're done. <laughs> there it is. So, just for context, that's 10 players out of 53. And according to Jeremy Reisman, who did the math, that's 19% of your roster right there that didn't practice yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah. Now, again, I think we mention this every week when we do list off our practice report for Wednesday. Wednesday is a little misleading. And I'll say misleading in a way because a lot of guys are going to rest on Wednesday. Usually, you have a better telling on who is going to play more than likely on Friday. Friday is usually the more telling day. If you haven't practiced by Friday, you're probably a long shot to play on Sunday. But obviously, the status of a lot of these guys are probably going to change as the week goes on. Now, we mentioned Swift last in our last episode. He's probably not going to play. Jonah Jackson, looking like he's probably going to miss another week. One to monitor, I think, that is truly a game-time decision right now, and we might know the answer by Friday. But Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, if he doesn't practice this whole week, you could be without him this week as well. So your two big playmakers potentially in Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift not playing this week. It's going to be interesting how that offense looks without those two guys because those are your two main focal points in the offense. But, uh, Peter, what's the Seattle injury report looking like too? All right, it's pretty short. Gabe Jackson, their guard, didn't practice knee rest, so they're probably resting him. Justin Coleman with a calf injury, didn't practice. And then Shelby Harris with a glute injury. Then uh, Marquis Goodwin knee was limited, and Jer- Joey Blunt hamstring was limited. Seahawks look pretty healthy, so yeah. All right, and that's the injury report for for both teams. Uh, a couple starters from that uh, that Seattle side too. Marquis Goodwin, he's their starting outside receiver. We'll see what the status of him is, and um, you mentioned some other players too. So Gabe Jackson, another one too. So. The interesting one is going to be the Lions because you mentioned three starting receivers. <laughs> um, DJ Truck was limited. Reynolds was out on Wednesday. I'm going to say Brown was out on Wednesday. So that's your whole starting receiving core. It's going to be interesting. So um, I think we should mention this, though. When the Lions have dealt with adversity, they have been able to fight through it for the most part this year so far. But we'll see. This is a lot different than previous weeks because you're dealing with the injury at almost – Every position, you know, in the receiving core, that's literally your whole starting receiving core right there. DeAndre Swift actually not playing this week, most likely. Hawk. Hawkinson, yeah, I feel like he'll be fine. I, I, I do. I mean, he's missed, I think he missed Wednesday last week as well, or he was limited or something like that. So I, I feel like he'll probably be fine. I'll say one good news is Hutch is off the injury report. That is good news. So that's some, at least, I mean, I know you guys are just like, wow. I mean, Hutch is off the injury report, and your defense is a lot better when Hutch is playing well. Last week, he was clearly limited. I think this week, we'll get into it, we'll get into it later in this episode, but I think he could cause some damage this week. Just really quickly about the kicking situation. So Austin Cyber, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Who would be the next man up? Because I know the guy that they signed, Eldrick Rosas, is like the practice squad IR or whatever it is. I want to say his name right. I believe it's Daniel um, Eberle or something like that. So that would be our Daniel Eberle. No, I'm sorry, not Daniel. Dominic. Dominic Eberle. And that's our kicker if Cyber can't go. Where is he from? Utah State. Oh, he's a he's a rookie. 
No, he's not a rookie. Uh, he was with. Let's see. It looks like he was with the Packers before. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about the guy. I'm not gonna lie. Well, <laughs> there's your potential. Okay, here you go. Here you go. There you go. He was undrafted, signed with the Raiders, eventually leading on their 2020 press squad in 2020 during the Panthers practice squad, eventually moving to the Texans press squad and was a late season roster evaluation. And his one NFL game converted two of three attempts, including a successful kick from 51 yards. So there you go. There you go. There's your scout around. around from team to team to team. Yeah. Like most kickers like that are not stable. Right. Obviously, a lot of kickers bounce around. So. There you go. There's your potential kicker this Sunday if Cyber can't go. We'll see the status on him because I think Campbell even mentioned it is like, um, you know, he, he's dealing with that groin soreness again. So we'll see if he can give it a go. What would you say the, the likelihood of Amon Ross St. Brown playing this week, Piers? If it was, I don't think he'll play. If I had to guess right now, because they asked him today in the locker room. He's like, we got to see. It's only Wednesday today. He's just getting treatment. But can't, I don't think Campbell also sounded optimistic when he was talking about it. I think Reynolds, even I think Reynolds might be a true game time decision, but I think Reynolds has a better – Campbell said it. Reynolds has a better shot to play than Amon Ra. Okay. All On right. the bright side, though, Tyler, you have Quintus Cephas, who when he plays has played well with Goff. I think yeah. he has a good connection with Goff. And Khalif Raymond – you know he's that speedy gadget guy. They'll get to, they they get they get creative when he's on the field. So it hurts losing those guys, but I think they'll be okay. Who do you think would be the next man out from the practice squad? Would that call up Tom Kennedy? Would he? I was get just about to ask that. I was just about to ask that. Dude. Does Tom Kennedy get a chance? Yeah, I think you'd probably have to go with Kennedy. Probably because um, it depends but... if you want size or if you want like. Depends they, on don't they, really have, they don't have size in their practice squad. Who's that they guy have... they signed yesterday? Josh, Josh Johnson. Johnson yeah. He's 5'11". And he, he oh, was so, not, yeah, not, to, not to call not, not, not to call him out. I mean, he wasn't good in training camp either. He was probably the worst receiver we had. So I was kind of surprised they brought him back, honestly, out of all of them. He knows but, the system. He's an emergency, yeah. you know. He knows the so, system, so he should be safe. In our receiving practice squad, we got Maurice Alexander, the guy who was on special teams. He's obviously another smaller receiver. And then we got Tom Kennedy. And you got no, I just mentioned Josh Johnson. So that's your your practice squad receiving core. TK. Yeah, I think TK would be the next man out, probably. Yeah, and also one thing I want to see in this game too with Swift Mega, I want to see Justin Jackson involved in third downs more. I think he was a good third down back with the Chargers last year. I want to see him more in third down. I think he's like the closest back you have to Swift on your roster. I don't know so, if you guys agree. Would you assume with no DeAndre Swift this Sunday, probably would you assume Jamal Williams probably goes into that three down back like he's going to be your main back this Sunday? I think it's going to be Jamal and Craig and a little of Justin Jackson. Okay. I think it's going to be all three of them. Yeah. But like, would you assume Jamal gets most of the carries? Yes. Because that's like, what happened in the game last week. Okay. Or it's like if Craig is hot, my better. If Craig is hot and Jamal's like not, I think they'll go with the hot hand as well. Yeah, I know some people were saying and assuming maybe if like an injury were to happen to Swift at some point in the season, maybe you go to a guy like Reynolds or Jackson as comes into that Swift throw, and then Jamal just stays in the same role. He has come that power back, put him in the goal line situation. But uh, I think the signs are indicating to me with how they played on Sunday, I feel like Jamal would just probably step in for Swift in, in that role for the time being. Yeah, he'd probably be your one back, and then you have Greg Reynolds taking those back, taking some snaps. Um, one thing I do want to mention, though, Tyler, the Seahawks signed Gyron Iguabuike to their uh, practice squad. Mm -hmm. 
could be probably to get some info from him. I don't know, but I don't think it's really that big of a deal. I did see that. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, let's get into the Seattle. Let's get into their offense first, and let's talk about their guys. So, obviously, quarterback. They got a new quarterback this year. They're going with Geno Smith as their starting quarterback. Obviously, traded Russell Wilson in the office, and he's now in Denver. Um, and then some of the key starters you're looking at skill players-wise, you got Rashad Penny as a running back, Tyler Lockett in the slot. You got DK Metcalf and Marquise Goodwin on the outside. And you got Noah Fan, who they got in that Russell Wilson deal at the tight end position. So, Pierre, Malcolm, whoever wants to chime in here really quickly, what's your guys' thoughts on the Seattle offense? Who are some guys we could watch out for on Sunday? This team, this the Seattle team, looks like they, you know, they their identity of this team. They want to run the ball. They want to, they want to create these big lanes that these alignment has been doing so far, and get Penny involved early, man. So I think for Detroit, man, you know, I think Detroit definitely would want to stop Rashad Penny. And besides that, man, you know, they got those two outside weapons that's really dynamic. You have DK Metcalf, and you have Godwin, and you have um Lockett, man. So they're 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 tough. So. With the new quarterback now with Geno Smith, I think people don't give him the credit where he could feed these outside receivers, kind of like a Russell Wilson when they had him. And DK Metcalf hasn't gotten to the best start so far to the season, you know, not getting the ball as much. Is he as much of a threat with Geno Smith as it would be with Russell Wilson? All right, I think with, with DK Metcalf, uh, Geno is not really a guy who, like, pushes the ball down the field. Like, he's not like a Russell. He doesn't have the arm of Russell Wilson, right? He's kind of more safe with the ball. Like, he's not necessarily going to take as many chances as Russ did. I think that all sorts of – and then defense, I think, also are king in on DK Metcalf. So, when you do that, it opens up lanes for guys like Noah Fant, Tyler Lockett, and then uh, Marquis. So, is it Goodwin? Goodwin. Whatever. Goodwin. So, I think it's a little of that, too. But DK Metcalf is still a dog. Like, don't – if you if you're not worried about DK, then something's wrong with you. AG is probably like – Yo, how the hell do I stop DK and Tyler Lockett? That's probably and stop the run. Those are the three things I think right now that are on his mind. The other guys beat you. Hey, it is what it is. But you can't let Lockett and you can't let DK beat you. Yeah. I did mean, you guys hear? Did you guys hear what uh, uh, DK Metcalf said today? About, I was um, just gonna bring I that did. up. Yeah. So the quote was: "He's talking about a cooter right here. He's got a yeah. safety behind him. He's not really locking people down. He's so." DK Metcalf doesn't seem too impressed with with what Jeff Okuda's with what Jeff Okuda's doing so far. I mean, I don't think he's anything he said was wrong though. I mean, he is, I mean Jeff is not really locking anybody down like the, the quote lock down anyone down. He does have a safety help with him, so I don't think DK said anything hot. I know it pissed off some Lions fans, but I don't think it was anything hot. What, what do you guys here's, think of that? Here's the thing, like. Okay, he is getting some help, but he's not always getting some help. Like, obviously, last week he got lots of help, but he also knocked off Justin Jefferson off of his route, like, without any – like, you just – he knocked him off. He literally pressed him and knocked him off his route. So, Okuda is playing at a real high level from that standpoint. And then, bro, it's Justin Jefferson. He's one of the best receivers in the league. Of course you're going to double him unless you have, like, like a slay. I mean, even they even doubled him with slay the week before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like – I think Okuda is, is playing at a really high level. With, with, with people will say with all that help and stuff, all a lot of corners get help, especially a guy against uh, JJ. You're not going to leave a guy one on one against JJ. I don't I care mean, who you are. If but, you're you know, letting Justin Jefferson only get three catches for 14 yards in a game, you did something right. I know Thielen on the other side had a pretty good game, but like if you're holding down an elite receiver like that, arguably, I think he's a top three receiver in the league right now. To three catches, 14 yards, that's really, really impressive. I don't care what, right. who, who's playing corner. I don't care if you're getting safety help. I mean, it's credit's due. We're credit's due. Yeah, I mean, I think because they didn't 
put out the full question. I think everybody's taking it the wrong. I have, I think he's everything right about the situation. Now, the, the question was, Jeff Okuda's locked down three good receivers in the first three weeks. When you look on film, what do you? what's the first thing you see that pops out on film with this matchup? And all he said was, he has help, which is true. <laughs> he does have help over the top. But he did also say that Jeff Kuda is a good corner. You know, they didn't put all that part out. So I have nothing, like, everything he said was true. So like, this whole thing that blew up, I was like, well, he does, he, he has a good point. That's, he does have help. So, I mean. But he didn't say he's a good corner, though. He didn't say he didn't respect he did. him. He said he's, he did? He did. He did. That's what I said. You got to you gotta listen. He said he has help over top. So he's not, he didn't really lock nobody down, which is true because he does have help. Then he said, but he is a good corner. Yeah, he did say that. He oh. ended with it, but he is a good corner. You, you know, though, the Lions are going to blow that code up. They, they, they blow up everything game. else. They blow up everything else except. Uh, except but he's a but good he's corner. A good corner. <laughs> he plays a good corner. As they should, so now, the Lions, they get promoted. Now, now, now it's like, oh, he's disrespecting him. He's he's not taking Jeff serious, blah, blah, blah. I mean, all he did is told the reporter what he saw on film, which is, well, he ain't really locked nobody down because he has safety help. I mean, when you have safety help like that, all you have to do, you could be aggressive. That's why he's knocking Jefferson Jefferson down, and he could do, he could be as yeah. aggressive as you want to be in the first ten yards. Because you know what, you're like, all right, if he beats me in these first ten yards, I have help. So I could be as aggressive as possible. I could be the most pit bull as I want to be these first ten yards because I have help. So that's yeah. that's what that's what he's saying. Hey, but it's you know I, he is a good corner. Jeff's had a great year. I mean, Devontae Smith ever since the Detroit game has been phenomenal. I mean, he had zero catches week one, but he's been phenomenal since you know the, in these last two games when they played right. Washington and they played Minnesota week two. He's been really good. Really so good. Uh, yeah, I mean to ha- hold him to zero catches in a game. I know Adrian Brown had a really good game that day, and we really didn't stop the run, but that's still really impressive on Jeff's end to really hold down his side then and uh, not let Devontae get any catches. So yeah. I think uh, I think gonna have Okuda shadow DK Metcalf kind of how they did last week with JJ, except maybe when he goes in the slot, you know it's kind of hard to cover in the slot. So I think they're gonna have him shadow him yeah. for the most part of the game. I think the first priority when you look at this the Seattle offense and like one thing you like have to circle in. I know they got Metcalf. I know they got Lock, and those are definitely guys you want to circle in on. We always talk about guys right. you want to circle in on. I think number one priority is. And I think we mentioned this. You know, pretty often you got to stop that run because that is Seattle's bread and butter. That's what they want to do, and that's how they're going to get their offense going. If you can get that run game stopping, and you can force Geno Smith to be a passing quarterback, and you know try to feed these guys, I think that's your best ability to win, and you know prevent them from scoring too many points. So I think stopping the run is going to be number one priority this week because last week versus Minnesota it wasn't good. You know, Delvin Cook was getting whatever he really wanted that game before the injury. Um, he he was having a great day on the you know, versus our Lions run defense. So number one priority, you got to get that run defense correct, and you got to stop Rashad Penny. They got uh, Michigan State got Kenneth Walker. They got him in the second round. You know, I know they want to use him more in the offense. He had the sports injury, so he was out for week one, and they're slowly getting him in. This is week three for him now. So you know, the, I know they want to get him more involved in this offense. So getting that run game stopped, it's got to be number one priority for Aaron Glenn this Lions defense for sure. Yeah, so the Seahawks have faced some good defenses. Like week one, they faced Denver, and I think week two was San Francisco. San Francisco, yep. So they, but they ranked 29th in rushing offense. They're averaging they're averaging 74.7 yards per game. But again, they played like two really good defenses, small sample size. I think Seattle's going to want to come in 
And like, look, man, our defense is kind of not all that. If we can control the clock, control the ball. Because that's Pete Carroll. Like, Pete Carroll's old school, and we've seen it. Like, people would say, let Russ cook. You wouldn't let him cook until the fourth quarter, right? So, I'm being serious. That, no, no, you know that meme where it's like, Russell in the kitchen, it's the Cheerios with the hot dog. And yeah. the hot dogs. <laughs> let <laughs> Russ cook. <laughs> no, but like. You know, the, he likes to run the ball. So he's going to run the ball. And, you know, last year, I don't know if you guys remember the game last year, but it was a shit show. Yeah. They destroyed us. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, they, two different they, they, years, they, they, two different, different teams, whatever. Different team, yeah. And I'm just saying, though, like, that they, they like running the ball, and they ran the ball on us. They love running the ball. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to try to run the ball, try to control that clock to keep Detroit's offense off the field. Because that, yeah. that's Pete Carroll. He's very old school. That's the way he works. That's the way he just he is. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You're on the road too. You're playing in Ford Field this time around. You want to take the, you know, want to take the energy away from the crowd too. And and one thing you could do by taking the energy away from the crowd is run that ball, keeping the ball in your possession, and not letting Detroit's offense get on the field. That's how you take the energy away from the crowd, and that's how you could take momentum in this game. So it's got to be a more priority for Detroit. I know they got these guys on the outside, and I know they got these really good receivers, but you got to get this run game stopped first. Let Geno beat you if you, if that's how you're going to lose. I mean, you shouldn't lose, but that should be your more priority. Stop the run. Let Geno become a passing quarterback and see what you could do after that. Yeah, and Detroit's 27th against the run right now. They're giving up 142.3 yards per game, and Seattle's giving up 157 yards per game. So, I mean, two bad run defenses. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know right now, man. I can't. I can't even tell you with confidence if we're gonna be able to stop the run or not. I mean, I, I got to say it. I believe just, it. just from just from last week, man. Like because going to the Washington game, we played Washington week two. I felt really confident about our running game. Like, all right, we you know we held Washington running game really good. Like we did a really good job against their running game, and then we went last week and then they just gave up everything on the ground. So I'm hoping Aaron Glenn gets these guys right. I'm hoping that he you know he goes into this game plan knowing that they're gonna run the ball. And let's see how he does what he does to um, counter their their running game. I think this is a better matchup for Detroit too, because I mean we haven't really even talked about it yet. But Seattle's trenches are not all that, especially in run blocking, and kind of like what Pierre alluded to, like they're not running the ball all that well. I know that's their identity; that's something they want to do. But if you could stop this run and just force Geno to be a passing quarterback, and hopefully our passers can kind of get back to what we were doing a little early on in the season, week one and week two. Because last week it was kind of it kind of disappeared, but if we can get our pass rush to be what we think it's going to be, Hutchinson's a little more healthy. Um, I think we could cause some havoc for the Seattle offense for sure. Going against, uh, they have two rookie tackles starting. Yeah, they got Gabe Jackson, who has you know he's been okay. He's older now. They have Austin Plant, who's the worst worst ranked center according to PFF. So I mean, their O line, like if you can't get pressure on this O line, then I don't know what you're doing. This O line is also giving up a lot of sacks as well. So you have to get pressure. Even if you don't get sacks, just affect Geno Smith. Because Geno Smith is not like Kirk Cousins in the pocket. move a little more. But he's also not going to get you like Jalen Hurts. Like if you get to him, you'll probably get him down. <laughs> so you have to you have to pressure him. You have to pressure him. Yeah. And that helps like corners out too. We've seen know? we've seen this pass rush get home. Yeah, unfortunately, they're just missing uh, like a key piece in John. But guys need to step up. Last week, no one stepped up. Charles Harris had a bad game. Hutch, I mean, he was hurt. The interior wasn't as strong. This, this week, I think those guys could bounce back. I think Charles Harris against a rookie, Hutch against a rookie, against the worst center in the league, you know, according to PFF. 
I mean, I don't, I haven't really watched them like that, but I'm just going by his PFF score. It's bad. So <laughs> if you could, if you could pressure the quarterback, you, you have a good chance. It makes your DBs better too, bro. Like Amani Warrior was getting cooked last week. You oh, get yeah. pressure, man. That, that, that makes Amani look like a star kind of, or makes him at least look good. It's just like the Washington game. It's just like the Washington game. It's exactly the Washington game. You know, Jeff looked really good. Well, Harris, you didn't really hear his name, even though maybe he got cooked on a couple rounds, but you didn't hear it because they were getting pressure so quickly. He got, he got, he got a pick. Okay. <laughs> uh, PFF like that week, I can tell you that now. He got a pick, what? bro. He, he played solid. He played solid. Will, Har- Will Harris's pick was not because of Will Harris. He made he the play. A, he got it, though, but he, he was around the ball and he made the play. He was just give the, it to him, bro. That's 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 he had the awareness to go to get it. I mean, yeah, I can't I, mean, I can't man. hate on him. It's not the... like it's not like the ball just landed to him or something. Like he was there. He had the he, he saw the ball. He had, he had to dive. dive for it. He, yeah. and he made the play. Made the so play. I can't I can't take I can't take the interception. I'm not taking it like, away from him. It's but not he like did... it's not like the um the, remember the Jamie Winston when we played the the, the Bucks that year. He threw it right to what's the name's gut. Um, he threw it to was it to buy was it to buy he threw it right to oh Dubai? yeah that yeah. <laughs> yeah that that was uh that was yeah his rookie year when Jameis was in Tampa yeah 2019 yeah so it's not like that like he just that's threw true. it right to his gut that's you know true. he he had to make the play so yeah we gotta Tavai give him some carrot Tavai had no choice to get that interception it was either that football was stuck in his stomach it probably was stuck in his stomach <laughs> I mean Jameis threw it right in the gut. Uh, you're making it seem like that. Make, no, I'm like, not oh, yeah, discrediting yeah. it, but he didn't like I don't know. He didn't make the play. Like he made the play, but he didn't well, make he the ini- he didn't make the initial play to cause the interception. You know, Tracy makes a play. Let me that, tell you that, something. That, that was the best play. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'll say about 75% of Ed Reed's interceptions came just like that. Off tip balls. Off tips. Yeah. Yep. Just he was there. That's what he called him the playmaker, man. He was there at the right place at the right time. Somebody tips it, he'll come out nowhere, snatch it, take it back. But that's Ed Reed, I'm just saying. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Oddstraders. The number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, I think, like, when you look at this defense, I think one thing we have to bring up, too, is who steps up with a Tracy out. Is it going to be Juju? Is it going to be Iffy? Is it going to be, like, one guy more in this situation, one guy in this situation? Are they going to rotate them? Um, you know, I, I don't think Will Harris is going to play safety. No, he's not. He's not. No, he's not. Could we maybe see Kirby playing a few snaps on defense? Maybe. I mean, I don't know, but we'll see. There's a lot of question marks at safety. Deshaun Elliott, he's been good. He's been solid for Detroit. Like he's not been a star. He hasn't been trash. He's been solid. He's been good. Good, reliable starting safety. After that, man, I mean, Juju's been up and down. We don't know what Iffy is yet, and Kirby is still young. I'm just, I'm just more concerned about the 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 communication. Yeah, and who's going to be communicating on that on that end? Um. I think, you know, I think Juju could compete, could perform. I think, I think him playing, I, I don't have a problem with him playing, but is he going to be able to communicate and get guys lined up correctly, making sure that everybody's set and stuff like that? I don't that, know, man. That should be Deshaun's. I, I think said it's probably just Elliott. next man up, the guy who's been starting alongside Tracy Walker. He probably knows the best outside of everyone. So I'd say probably Elliot. Probably Elliot. We'll see, though. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we don't know for sure, but that's what that would be my best assumption would be Deshaun Elliott would be. You know they got to you know to get those guys right and you know where to pull you know where to set up and everything. Maybe linebackers. Maybe they give more more responsibilities to the linebacker too. I mean, Anzalone been in the scheme. Maybe Amani. Amani knows the scheme pretty well. Jeff Okuda been here for two years, right? Like with yeah. the scheme, they've all been under the scheme. So maybe if everyone does a little of everything, like not everyone takes Trace responsibility, but everyone does takes a little from Tracy. So you don't put it all on one guy. I think you could do that as well. Yeah. But it's very key because if there's one miscommunication, as we saw last week, a guy could be running wide open for a touchdown. And when yeah. you're playing Seattle, DK, and Tyler Lockett, they'll, they'll gash you, bro. If you leave them open, they'll destroy you. Even Goodwin, he's fast as hell. I mean, that's just how defense is. I mean, one miss, you know, one player being out of place, it, it could cause a touchdown. Yeah, everyone could do every, everyone could be doing everything right, but one player could mess up a whole play. That's why I'm not the touchdown. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was he was, was wide like open. Miscommun- miscommunication. They had um, they had what's his name? Mike Hughes and I no, Jeff- they had Jefferson. They had Jefferson on motion, and when he came to the other side, they didn't know who was supposed to pick up Thielen. <laughs> yeah, who were the corners? The Hughes and Amani. Yeah, the corners. The, the corners. They all were like, "Oh wait, wait, I have who now?" Then yeah, he was just wide open. Yep. They didn't yeah. know. Who, they didn't know who had him. Yeah, one it's, one it's, bad. One, you know, player miscommunication, you know, that, that's a big play right there, most likely. So, yep. 
All right, let's transition to this Seattle defense now. So, again, you know, this, this is the rebuilding team. I don't think we really mentioned that this is like not a great team in general. Um, they're kind of like the Lions last year, in a sense. I think they're, you know, they have a little more players than we did last year, but like overall, do they? Do they? Yeah, I think they have a little more than we had last year. I don't know, year. man. We were really bad know. last year. I mean,. We, we didn't have a that wide receiver. We, we didn't have a DK Metcalf. Well, I, I, I can tell you that one of their corners is going to be a very familiar name, but we're going to talk oh, about yeah, we'll get into that. We'll I, don't get into even that. Know, I don't even know if people are going to remember him. They're <laughs> probably not going to remember, but secondary-wise, we weren't this, this, this depleted. No, we were this bad. We were pretty bad. <laughs> All right, let, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, <laughs> what's the defense looking like for all right, so they got two uh, rookie corners starting on the outside, Tariq Woolen, and then Michael Jackson, former Lion cornerback. I don't know if you guys remember. We had him on the show before, and then you guys asked the question about being ever wear those gloves. Yeah, we tried to get him to wear the, yeah, to get him to, to wear the, the glitter gloves. His name is Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, hold you know, up. Hold up. Yeah, I mean, no, no, hold up. I, I have a – what if Aiden Hutchinson gets a sack? We're going to play Billy Jean. And Michael Jackson is going to be on the sideline hearing that that's shit gonna be, live. That's going to be awkward. <laughs> no, that's going to be awesome. They, they, they would have been one hell of a, they'll be one hell of teammates if um, Michael Jackson and Hutch. And yeah, Michael Jackson stayed in Detroit and Hutch was there. Um, nothing against nice. Michael Jackson, but I, I don't think he's he's uh you know he's that good. But let's get into it. So uh, they got their. I think that their star player on their defense is actually a former line, Quandre Diggs. I think he's the best player on their defense. But they have this edge rusher who they signed from the Chargers. Um, I think it's Ochenna and Wo and no guys, I can't say his name. And Wosu is it? And Aosu? I don't know. Uh oh, he has, no, he's, a, he's a dog. That's how I can tell you now. He's a dog. Yeah, he's he has 13 pressures. Um, so he's he's been really good. And I think PFF credited him with a sack also. But, 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 but here's the but. He's playing against our tackle, so I don't, I, I don't think we're gonna hear his name once. I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah, that's gonna be light work. And then also, I read a thing with, <laughs> I read a thing with uh, KJ Wright. So they used to be a four three defense. Now they're a three four, and KJ Wright said the guys they have don't necessarily fit that scheme. Where instead of attacking, they're kind of like I think it's two gapping, right? Three four. Yeah. So. Guys, just their D line doesn't necessarily fit that scheme that they're running right now. Yeah. Uh, former Seattle Seahawks, they asked KJ Wright, the former linebacker that was with them. He said it just the scheme is not. I mean, they're still learning it. They're, they just installed the new scheme, but Clint Hurd, defense coordinator, 3 4 defense. But uh, I think that's another part. That's another reason why they're getting gashed in the running game. Just because the guys don't necessarily fit. The linebacker play has been awful, too. I just, I just realized this guy's back at linebacker. He used to be a fullback. Well, he was a linebacker. He went to fullback. Now he's back at linebacker. He's a former line Wait, as well. Nick, Nick no way. No way. I just saw that. He's back at linebacker. He doesn't start for he's not, he doesn't start. He doesn't start, but he's just on their depth right now. Look at their depth chart. <laughs> I see Nick Ballore at linebacker. Yeah, he's more of a special teams guy. But that's oh. crazy. I mean, the guy went from linebacker to fullback back to linebacker. That's tough. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they got Jordan Brooks. You guys remember him in the first round picks yeah. from a couple years ago? He hasn't been that good. And then Cody Barton, uh, what do you call it? Third round pick from 2019 has also struggled. 
Um, so I think the Lions, I mean, I mean, this is the worst, this is the worst trenches we've played all year. I mean, we've played some pretty good damn trenches, like Philly, really good. Commanders got some guys, even without Chase Young. Minnesota's obviously got Daniel Hunter and, and Zedarius Smith. This is by far the worst pass rush we've played all year. And our pass, our passing offensive line or passing situations, pass protection has been really good this year. Really good this year. We've been able to give golf. A lot of time in the pocket, especially in that game versus Minnesota, I was really, really impressed with the amount of time Goff had in the pocket and the poise that Jerkoff had in the pocket that he was just making multiple reads, playing really smart, had confidence, had a swagger out there. Even without Amon Ross and Brown, I still expect that same swagger out of Goff. I mean, obviously, if these receivers can't get open, it could be tough. Um, you need Reynolds, you need Shark out there. You can't lose all three of them. But if you have two of those guys out there, I, I like the I like the chances that we could get some big plays on the Seattle team. Let me ask a question: What happened to Jamal Adams? Did he get hurt? He's out. He's out. He's out yeah, for he the year. Week one. Out for the year. Yeah. Yeah, week one. Oh, that's, that's tough. Denver. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. So who, who's replacing him? Who, who, who's oh, who's other the the other safety? It's Josh, uh, Josh Jones? Jones. I think he's from Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, he's from it was my high school, Wall Lake Western. Yeah. Only two Wall Lake Western football right? players. Yeah, for second round, second round pick, second round pick. Yeah, hasn't really played up to that he's, level. He's bounced around like <laughs> five. He was he, we worked him out at one point. <laughs> nice. I believe that we did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so he's basically ago. allowing. Um. He has seven missed tackles, and is allowing a one thirty two point nine passer rating. All right, target. settle down. He's a Waldeck Western alumni. We give him some. We give some props. We get. We give him a pass. Hey, bro. <laughs> if Pac is healthy, like he could play, or like if you get a line tight end or running back matchup against him, go at this guy, bro. Shit. Uh, so, so guys, we're looking at this defense. We don't seem impressed. I mean, I know we have. They have a good edge rusher, but I, I just don't see him yeah, doing much like our tackles. Um, but we're also depleted. We are like we, we got are. some injuries. We have some injuries. Yeah. Who are some guys do you think is going to step up, man? I want to see DJ uh, Truck this week. Big I want to see DJ Truck this week. You know, if if no Swift, probably no Swift. Man, Swift would he would have Swiss oh, this Seattle. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but ate. whatever, he's not played. Whatever, okay. I'm expecting DJ Chark, man. If I'm in Ross St. Brown can't give it a go, and even if he does give it a go, he probably will be a little limited. You know, it probably won't be the same. I'm in Ross St. Brown. They, they just have him as a decoy if he is out there, I feel like. So I feel like they might activate him for that reason, you know, just have him out there, a little be, be a little decoy. But if he's not out there, I want to see a guy like Chark step up, man. You know, we haven't had that one game from DJ Chark. We've seen a couple almost plays, some almost big plays. We just haven't had the one yet. He had the one versus Darius Slay week one. That was great. And that was a great Ball by Jared Goff, a great catch by DJ Chark, great coverage by Darius Slate, too. Just a great play overall offensively by the Lions. But I want to see some more consistency with DJ Chark and maybe get him more involved in this offense this week. So about you, Pierre? I got one for you. Um, if like one of those receivers are, I'm gonna go with Quintes Sivas because these Seattle corners are big and physical. Uh, I just mentioned uh what do you call it? What's his name? Michael Jackson. Kobe Bryant, he's 6'1, 193 length, right? Tariq Wollin, 6'4", 205. Michael Jackson, 6'1", 210. These corners are... <laughs> These corners are uh, are very physical. And Quintus Cephas, what is his game? His game's all about physicality, right? I think, and we saw last year, Goff and Cephas have a good connection, good chemistry together. So I think Cephas is a name to watch if, if other receivers miss time. I think you have a really big game. You want physical. Guys, it's physical. 
Eagles, physical, physical. I mean, guys, would this concern you? Like, if TJ Hawkinson does not show up in in a game like this, he's hurt where, right now. So I'm, I'm saying, if he goes out there and plays, he's healthy. Like say, like the rest of the week, you know, limited, that he goes four, 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 whatever, or limited, limited four, and he, he plays. All right. Now you know, before you can say, all right, maybe they're focusing on offense on Swift. They're focusing on offense on St. Brown. Now TJ's here, so we have an offense that's, that that needs somebody to step up. If TJ does not perform, he gives you like a two catch game. Like, shit, what happens now? Nothing changes. From my opinion, <laughs> doesn't change about him. <laughs> Nothing changes. It's the same thing. I mean, I think this is the worst. I think this is worse, man. It this is, is the worse. Worst, worst scenario because now it's like even when we need your ass to step up. Even when, when guys are out, and we need you to step up, we need we need you to be the guy for the offense. We need you to say, "All right, they're out. Swift and, and St. Brown's out. Give me ten targets." Yeah. If if they um if if like those guys miss games and Hawk is healthy to go, I think this is the game you finally get Hawk involved. He has to. He he literally has to. I mean, we said I, this. I, mean, I know. I know. Last year's last year, and it was a whole different offense with Anthony Lynn, but like. He was the guy last year to him. He didn't deliver. Could Ben Johnson get involved now without Sam Brown and Swift? Hopefully. If not, he's literally the same thing that we've been saying this whole time. He is just what he is. He's just an okay tight end. He's nothing special. And he's not a guy worth extending. Like This is it. This is it for me. Like If he is able to play this game and he does not perform this game, this is it. I mean, this is where we're going to show what type of player TJ Hawkins is going to be for Detroit. He would have probably had a great cam, great chemistry with golf, all that. For some reason, the first game wasn't there. Then the second, I, third game, he disappears. I, I don't know I, what's going on with him. I need, I need, his, rookie, I need his rookie. I need his rookie camp. I need that. I need that. TJ Hawkinson come back. The the rookie camp. TJ Hawkinson. Where's that maybe, guy? At? Maybe, maybe it's got, like he's got to cut the hair and the beard. Maybe it's a, little, it's a little too long for him right <laughs> maybe now. Maybe nah. somewhere between the hair and the beard because that Hawkinson was. Wasn't that promising? Because I remember you went to a few training camps. You were like, yo, this yeah. is it. He is it. I mean, he is it. I remember the debut week one. Stafford hits him yeah. with a big play in Arizona. Yeah. That I thought TJ was the year. I thought TJ arrived. Yeah. I was I was all in. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, like, this, that TJ need to come back. We need that TJ. Hopefully, man, that we need somebody to step up. TJ, come on, man. Come on, man. If he's healthy, if he's healthy. Monday night football, come on, man. <laughs> oh man yeah no i mean someone has to step up in this offense i mean you have guys that could do it you know like a chark he, he, he could be a really good receiver i think he was just being a little overshadowed because you have guys like swift and i'm around st brown getting a lot of the focus and um you know they just had to get a lot of the you know the targets in both in the passing game and you know obviously swift in the running game and the passing game right so without both those guys potentially, and even if Amon Ross St. Brown does go and he might be a little limited, you want to see a guy like Chuck step up. You want to see a guy like Josh Reynolds step up because Reynolds, too, at the end of the year, has a good connection with Jared Goff. And, you know, that's one receiver that he's always been really comfortable with, even back in the L.A. days with um, with Josh Reynolds. And even this year, he's been really good with Josh Reynolds, too, even with having Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift. So without both those guys potentially this week, you know, you could expect to think a bigger load out of him too this week. I mean, he's been good when they called his number for most of the time. Outside, you know, I think like one or two drops. Josh Reynolds, I mean, he's a guy that if he played this week, he'll be a guy that I think that's it, that I'll say a step up. I mean, yeah. I don't think Josh Reynolds has a problem stepping up. Last week he had six catches um, for 96 yards. So he, he'll step up. But come on, TJ. 
Come on, so, TJ. I, I, I got a question for you guys. We mentioned a little bit in the beginning of the show with the running back situation. Do you think the running game could still get going like how it has been going the first three weeks? Not exclude the second half in Minnesota when they were stacking the box and the play calling came very obvious. Exclude that. The running game's been really good so far this year. Game one, game two, and the first half of game three. Without DeAndre Swift, do you guys still have a lot of confidance in that running game? I have confidence in that, but like the explosiveness won't be as like at there. That like you won't get like the 40, 50, 60 yard runs unless it's like an end around with a receiver or something. Because Jamal Williams is not fast. I don't think Greg Reynolds is that guy. I think Justin Jackson could be that guy, but we'll see if they give him those snaps. Um, last week they did they didn't. So we'll see if they do it this week. Maybe he's still like, I don't know, getting more comfortable with the playbook or whatever. But I personally I think they could I think they could average five, six yards around like four to six yards, but I don't think they could average like how they were doing like eight to ten. Maybe 12, not that one big fifty yard play we've been getting. <laughs> it seems like every single week out of Swift. I mean yeah. Yeah, I just don't see that. Pierre, Pierre, not hit it on the head, man. You lose your explosive playmaking in the running game. That's what you lose when you lose Swift. Swift is special, man. He's not like the any type of like we can't we can't just say all right, Swift is replaceable and just put a guy there. He's not. We don't have a Swift. We, without Swift, there's no Swift. So I mean, you lose that big play ability, that play that he could you know potentially take a play and go fifty yards, sixty yards. You know, we lose that, but. Like Pierre said, we could, you know, average 4.5, 5 yards per carry and just have a slow grinding game. We can do that. That's no problem. But yeah, for sure. I think I was making no big plays. I'm I'm with you guys completely. I think Jamal is more of a capable back where he could do that type of stuff where he could, you know, get the load. Um, he can get a pretty solid load and and, and he's gonna pop for a couple runs. Not like any big plays, like we're saying, like a 50-yard one, but like he's gonna get you first downs and he's gonna keep the game going, he's gonna keep the drive sustainable, and that's what you ask. Now you don't get the the big play ability out of like a swift, but hey, if you're owning the time possession, you keep giving me first downs, we're scoring points. I'm fine with that. You know, it's, if anything, it's almost a little better. Let's kill that clock. I was saying that last week. Drain that clock. If you can own the time possession, keep these guys off the field, that's fine, man. Play boring. I don't care. Play play Seattle way. That's Seattle. That's how they play. That's how they like to play. They like to play slow. They like to have these running backs, you know, just run the ball all game, pick up first downs, and, you know, keep the drives going and keep scoring. If they want to play like wait, that, the Lions have a, a big T.O.P. Wait, wait a yeah. minute, Tyler. Are, is that your game plan for this week? Are you, is your game plan to have a slow, grinding, gritty game? Is that, is that your game plan? If, if, if they want to do it, I'm completely fine with it. I mean, you, you have not know Sam Bradford. Of, the, of, no. their, of their corners? You got so many matchups here. De- this defense is not good. You could do whatever you really want, honestly, even without yeah, Sam Brown and Swift. I mean, you could run the ball if you want. You could test these corners if you want. I mean, you, I think first you want to get that run game going, so then you can really get that passing game going. You know, let him stack at the box. Let him get feared of Jamal Williams, and then you could really test him with the bootleg or whatever, right? I mean, I think you could do whatever you want. Ben Johnson has an open playbook. I think he's going to have a lot of fun with this with this play calling. I think he would have a lot of fun with Amin Ross and Brown, DeAndre Swift, but I still think he's going to have a lot of fun even without, without those two guys. I think it'll have a bounce-back game for Ben Johnson. Bounce-back play calling game. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Ben that – it just kind of sucked because it, I think he just wasn't ready for that type of situation where they're in the lead by 10 points and he didn't really know what to do. And I'm not giving him an excuse. I wouldn't say it's that, honestly. I would say it was like maybe more of Camo being like, yo, let's slow this, the pace down a little. Let's try to control the clock and stuff. And then they were doing that. But then they like when it got to trying to score, they just kind of like went conservative. 
Yeah, and they were stalling out. They just—I mean—they weren't even holding drives last week. I don't want to keep going to last week, but they were not holding drives in that fourth quarter. Yeah, either. last week it's over with. Let's, yeah, I don't know. We'll see let's what get, happens. Let's get the Seattle dub. Also, I think we had to mention like during the previous, like this has been Johnson's first time calling plays, right? Maybe he's still getting a feel for it because it's hard. Like we say at home, like yo, they gotta do this, do this. But when you're a play caller, and like I was thinking about this too, Malcolm's like, yo, Amon Ra's hurt, Josh Reynolds hurt, and we saw today they didn't practice, right? Last week they both got it out, but like they're obviously hurt, so maybe that also went into it as well. That was a good point you brought up last because I thought I was like, damn, Malcolm brought up a great point the other night. Oh yeah, because they they didn't do nothing since they got hurt. It was bad. The whole office yeah. is bad. It got yeah. so it got so stale. It got so stale. they got so super stale. Super stale. I mean, they lost Swift, Reynolds, and St. Brown basically two injuries in that game. Those are like your playmakers. That you, I mean, those are the guys who've been making plays for you all year. Yeah. They, they just need they just need a guy to step up, man. We need they just need a TJ. If TJ, you don't, this is it. You know what I mean, I, I know I said it three times already, but <laughs> damn it, if he doesn't step up this game, man, like it's not gonna happen. This is the best opportunity. All right, you guys want to do some predictions and Eldora yes. so we can get out of here. Yes, prediction yes. time. Let's so if you guys it. are wondering, we're doing our prediction in this episode because, like I mentioned earlier on the show, we won't be on spaces. Let me read off the records. So, Pierre, out a great off start, man. 3-0 with the Lions. So yes, covering sir. The spread. Lions are 3-0 with covering the spread. So you've taken the Lions every single week to at least cover, and they're 3-0. So uh, that means Pierre's 3-0. I am 2-1 and one and Malcolm's 2-1. and one. So we all have pretty good records with the Lions. So if you guys have been betting with us with the Lions, you've probably been hidden. So – Let's let's see if we can keep our trend going this week. Let's start off with the undefeated man. Could you go four and zero, Peter? What do you got this week? Spread is at was it four and a half? I believe minus four. I saw four four points. Four points. Okay. What do you got here? That could obviously change by Sunday or whatever. But right now it's four, so we're gonna stick with four. I got Detroit minus four. They're at home. They were angry last week. Campbell was angry. Losses on me. Whatever. Seattle's not that good. Even if they don't have some of their playmakers. I still think they should be able to gut, gut it out and win. I'm going to take Detroit minus four. Okay. Malcolm, what do you got here? You know what? This is a game that Detroit, I mean, I think they should be angry. They should feel angry about what happened last week. And they're at home right now, and they have a chance to redeem themselves against a Seattle team who's also struggling. Um, they're, I mean, they're one and two, same record as us, but they're struggling franchise, a struggling team right now. So this is a great opportunity for Detroit to, you know, get that bounce back win. I'm going – for Detroit to definitely cover that spread. I mean, if that spread was at seven points, I'll pick Detroit. Um, if it was at ten points, I'll probably pick Detroit too. Um, I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think I think Detroit's gonna um, make a statement of this game. I think they need to. Um, I have Detroit winning. Um, let's just say um, this game. I didn't think of a score, but uh, I'm gonna say 38-17, man. 38 or 1,000 Swift and same Brown. Yo, I, oh, I didn't uh, I didn't say my man. score prediction. I'll give mine to – I'm going to go 28-20 Detroit. Okay. I also like Detroit to cover here. I mean, if you guys want to, you guys could take Malcolm's advice. You could alternate the spread. You could make it bigger, make your money bigger. And if you, if you, if you really want to go that way, it's a little more riskier, but you could make <laughs> the spread bigger. But we'll stick with the four points. I think the Lions cover, and I think the Lions win this game. Yeah, like you guys mentioned, man, they got to bounce back. You can't lose to Seattle at home. You lost in a heartbreaker in Minnesota. You got to bounce back. You're home. You're playing a rebuilding team. Prove you're different. Win this game. This is a this is a team where you're more talented than them. You're home. No reason to lose this game. 
No reason to lose this game. I don't care if DeAndre Swift's not playing. I don't care if I'm in Ross Timbrell's not playing. You can't lose this game. You cannot lose this game at home versus the Seattle Seahawks. So Lions. You know, you know Smith in the Seattle Seahawks. You got to say that. And I got to be honest, guys. Like, we went to Ford Field a couple years ago. It was fun. But the atmosphere is more wild now. It's louder. It's crazier. They're home. They have to win this. Tyler, what was your uh, your score prediction, though? Score prediction. I don't think we're scoring 38. I think that's a bit rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go. Let's go 28-14 Detroit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have my reasons, by the way, because I'm going to be at the at the game, and I want to hear the four down the field song a lot. So that's why I have a score of 38 points. Okay, we'll hear it four yeah. times, in my opinion. You'll hear it four times. <laughs> in my, my opinion, we'll hear it four times. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So 28 14. When we went, all of us last game for we went to the Chargers game in 2019. It was a week two game. That was electric. Fort Hill was electric that game too. That was, um, that was a home opener. That was a home yeah, opener. That, that was a Darius Slate game winning pick at the end of the game. That was amazing. That was a gritty game. That was like a 13 to 10 game. So I think yeah. we'll see a little more score in this game in, in this yeah. in this affair versus Seattle. Yeah. Um I'm excited, man. I'm excited. We get to see Malcolm. I haven't seen my boy in like two years, right? Was, that's, how, that's how it's been long. When, they, when you came to Miami? Miami, two years ago. No, two years ago? Shit, that yeah, was been that long. I didn't come. I didn't come last year. Last year? Oh, what was that last year? I forgot where I went last year. It was in Miami, though. Oh, yeah. That, that's right, man. Two, it's been two years, bro. So, All right. Well, we got one more segment, and then we'll get out of here. Locks of the week. I'll read you off the records here. Shit. So, Pierce, what, what did I tell you? He's 3-0 and with the Lions. Pierce 0-3 with his locks of the week around the league. I don't really keep track of their teams, man. I don't man, know. That, go that's ahead. rough. That's rough. It is uh, rough. We're going to try to uh, change it this week. Me and Malcolm are tied in first place 2-1, and one, so I'm going to try to take that crown and get that first place back. I was at 2-0. and oh. I lost my, my undefeated streak. So, uh, Mr. 0-3, what do you got here? Lock of the week. Um, give me. I'm actually gonna change my ass. I'm not, but I'm gonna go with this. Give me Bills minus three at Baltimore. Oh, that's a tough. That's a, that was a tough game. I'm. I'm actually. Yeah, tough, I'm, disapp- game, I'm disappointed in the NFL for me. This is a one o'clock game. This is a game I would actually love to watch. Like, I wish it was like yeah, a four too. o'clock Sunday, Monday, something, or even Thursday, whatever. I'm gonna be honest, bro. I looked at I looked at this, and honestly, if like we we're about to pick the lines, I'd pick the lines for like week. This was really hard to pick. So. I might go in four, but I'm gonna go with the Bills just because that. I mean, just come last week because you know last week, the way that game ended last week. I don't know if you guys saw Ken Dorsey, offensive yeah. coordinator. He was heated, and I think that offense is gonna want to like, you know, show them who they are because their defense is banged up. Give me, uh, give me the Bills. Uh, that was probably one of the funniest things I've seen on live TV. By the way, that was great. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that, the whole tantrum, like. <laughs> Like that wasn't supposed to happen. Like they 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 did not plan that. That's that's why that show was so funny. Yeah, yeah. What do you got here, Malcolm? What's a lock? Oh my lock. I mean, I I try, I try to keep it safe. I'm going with Dallas with the three point spread over the Washington Commanders. I just think Washington Commanders is probably the worst team in the NFL. Probably it's either them or the Texans. I think they're that bad. And they do Cooper Rush is going to keep the the, the the train rolling, man. That dude's been balling so. Let's go. Man, they're playing in Jerry's role too. Coop 3-0 potentially. We'll see. Okay, that, that's that's interesting. 
I've been I've been juggling between two games right here. I'll give you the games I'm juggling between. I'll give you one ultimate that I like a little more. So I'm juggling between Colts and Tennessee. I like Colts minus three a lot this week. I think the Colts are kind of getting it back together. They had a huge win in their home stadium versus Kansas City. They're back home versus a division rival versus Tennessee. Don't think too much of Tennessee. So I was juggling this game. I think I like this game just a little bit more. I like the Cardinals plus one and a half in Carolina. They're underdogs. Don't think really much of Carolina. I think that team is really about to implode really soon. Baker Mayfield's not great. Matt Rule's about to get fired. Just don't think much about this Carolina Panthers team. Arizona's a high-powered offense. Don't really like them as much either. Cliff Kingsbury, my least favorite like coach in this whole league. I I despise Cliff Kingsbury. I think we all despise Cliff Kingsbury in this in this pod. <laughs> Wait, <God. laughs> Tyler, you don't like his good looks and all that, and his nice. I despise. Cliff, I despise yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. He annoys <laughs> me so much. But I'm going to take his team this week plus one and a half underdogs. When when do they start filming their their um their hard knocks? I just want to see what the hell's that going on. Is in late October. Late October like because Halloween. they're a mess. They're right now. They're they're an absolute mess. I just want to see like maybe they can show what is going on over there because. To have that much talent and to be that pitiful, it's weird. You hate, you hate uh, Cliff as much as I hate Cliff, right? Yeah, he's not a good coach. Yeah. I was, I was, I was baffled that he even got the job. I've, I've hated yeah. Cliff since day one. Since he's taking that job, I didn't, I didn't hate him. I didn't no, hate him, I but despi- I, despi- I was just, com- I was just confused. Like, all right, he got fired, got demoted to go to USC to be. He went from a head coach, got demoted to go to USC to be their offensive coordinator. And then takes the NFL job like three months later to be a head coach. So he got fired, demoted, and then promoted. Was he the head coach at Texas Tech or was he just an OC? I believe he was the head coach. He was the head coach. He was the head coach. I know it was with Mahomes. And then he got demoted. He got demoted to go to USC to be their offensive coordinator. And then before even they even played a game or, you know, he got hired to be the Cardinals head coach. I was like, wait a minute. He got he got he got fired, demoted, then promoted, huh? It's a big promotion too. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, huh? Like, I was like, what? The, this guy is not a head coach. He's a he's a what I call him when he came in. I called him a college offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's what he is. He's he's not a good coach. I don't think he's good in. Um, what well, doesn't he have a record? Like he starts off well this season, towards the end he's like really bad. Yeah, yeah, they, but, yeah. but yeah. now they, 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 dude, now they they're just trending from last year. Well, the thing is, too, they, they have so many injuries, man. Hop, I think Hop is, like, suspended for, like, the first Hop's few games. Suspended, yeah. <laughs> and then Terondell Moore, they, I mean, I don't want to talk about the Cardinals. I don't really care about them, but. Yeah. But I'm taking the Cardinals this week. Even, even though I despise them, I love Kyler Murray, but I despise that team in general. Uh, I'm taking the Cardinals under. Another guy I don't really like is Kyler Murray, but Tyler says love, he loves him. I love Kyler Murray. I think he's so talented, but it's okay. Um yeah, I can't believe he's excited extension, but it's okay. Cardinals Wait, question, one Tyler, question. I got a question for you. It's for fun. We got some time. Kyler and Lamar Lester are both available. Like, just forget about the contracts. Everything. They're both available. I was wrong, guys. Lamar's good. Who would you trade for? Lamar's good. Kyler or Lamar? Kyler or Lamar? Lamar. Malcolm, we did it to him. We got him. Yeah, I mean. Have you seen that video where it goes, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm, I need that drop in here. <laughs> I mean. Oh, it's, it's obvious, man. I mean, I don't know, man. Kyler obviously has some studying thing because I, if he did, that wouldn't have been in his contract. Which, for them, even put that in well, there, they, they took it away. They took it away. They took it yeah, out. They took yeah. it away when he got leaked to the media. Once it got leaked, they took it out. 
they took it out once it got leaked to the media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I the don't... original plan was for him to study. To yeah, study but more. they took it out. But I'm saying, like, why would he even have that in there? If that, if he, if that study was never an issue for him, why would they put that in their contract originally? We know it's an issue for him or else it wouldn't be in there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, he has to have, like, a studying issue. Yeah, there are some quarterbacks who literally live and die with film all day. Like, I saw the thing with Phillip Rivers. He has, like, this big-ass thing. Like, you know those vans, those big-ass vans? Uh, where, like, in the back, it's like, what do they call those vans, damn it? Band. You have to call them. Not a van. It's like it's like that one. It's like a. It's kind of like a mini bus tour. It's like a car. Like an RV. Back. It's a, not an RV. It's like it's a van. It's it's, it's like a van, right? Okay. okay. Yeah. You, Tyler, you know, like those Benz vans where like it's nice in the back, kind of looks like a limo or whatever. I forgot the yeah. stupid things. So okay. he has one of those, and he was like, he was driving from basically San Diego to LA, right? In that thing, because he, he lived in San Diego, played LA. Mm-hmm. He would literally watch film all the way from there to there. That he'd yeah. be, he had like his little film, he'd be watching. Yeah. That's like a what, three, four hour drive? Two, yeah, two and a half, three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some quarterbacks, I mean, the great ones, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you have to be. If you're not dedicated, bro, like you could, your talent could take you really far. But if you're smart, your IQ could take you farther, in my opinion. Look sure. at Brady. He's not the most talented guy. He's so smart, though. Look how, look how he wins. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Let's no more talk about the NFL. Those are our locks of the week. Those are our predictions for the Lions. That's all we got. Um, Again, no space Friday, no playback Friday. We'll be back next Sunday versus New England. And that's all I got for you guys. Leave those five-star reviews. And I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. Like Tyler said, we won't be recording later in the week. I'm out. Peace. All right, your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.